Hi folks, thanks for tuning in to Sunday School Bonanza brought to you by This Weekend Mormons. This is where we are going to get you ready for gospel doctrine so that you can go and be awesome. Joined by, well, just, he doesn't even need an introduction. Say it. You're Dustin. Dustin. There he is. And I'm happy to be here. The Aryan hero is here with all of us. <laughs> Dustin's a very blonde fellow, like unnaturally blonde, but I know it's real, so it's just very exciting. Thank you for that, sir. It's just very, very Scandinavian. Yeah. We're on Lesson 21 this time, looking forth to the great day of the Lord to come. So we're basically talking about the second coming, what to expect, what's going to happen, what will precipitate it, what will come after, etc., etc. Just so you know the scriptures you can look at, sections at least in Doctrine and Covenants 29, 34, 45, 75, 101, 133. All good things. And what it boils down to is the Lord is coming again, and it, it might actually be kind of soon. I mean, relatively in the eternal scheme of things. The Lord's coming fairly soon, and we are a unique people to know so much about the second coming of, of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's that's what we talk about today, and that's what this lesson focuses on, is what do we need to know about the second coming in order to prepare ourselves, and, you know, what's coming our way? And I think uh, it's kind of a kind of a big deal. I mean, a pretty important topic to talk about because, uh, because the Lord is coming, because we do need to get ready, and because it's probably going to be kind of rough, but it's going to be okay. Yeah, the amazing thing here is how... And you kind of said this, how blessed we are to know the stuff that we know, because I believe, yeah, the New Testament, Book of Mormon, we have some allusions to uh, the second coming, what's going to happen. Right. But basically every scripture we use in this lesson is from Doctrine and Covenants, because there's no greater source of scripture that actually has very detailed information about what to expect. And that's great because, you know, um, I think you can safely say every prophecy, of course, that predicted the birth of Christ, the crucifixion of Christ, all that stuff in the scriptures, whether it's the Bible or the Book of Mormon, all of that came to pass. So we Absolutely. can safely assume that everything that we see in Doctrine and Covenants uh, will also come to pass. So there's a lot of stuff that's going to precipitate this second coming. Right. This is happening, and, and it's the Lord himself speaking about what will happen on his coming. And, I mean, that's really kind of how we start out. What's, what's going to happen? And, I mean, we can, you know, we have a, a number of scriptures to cite here that talk about how Christ yeah. is, is going to come. And the proud and the wicked are going to be burned at his coming. I mean, this is going to be a dramatic event when he comes, and those who are righteous are going to be spared. Those who aren't are going to be destroyed, just like has happened, you know, uh, in in the past in the Book of Mormon we read about. So. I've visualized that before. Like, do we <laughs> do we get, like elevated above flames? I don't know. It just makes me sad in a way to think about. It makes it. me sad too. And and we know that it's near. We know that that this is going to be a dramatic time when nations tremble. Uh, when we're going to need the power of of God to be with us, because otherwise it's going to be, you know destruction it's going to be misery it's going to be a lot of difficulty we know that there's going to be resurrections that happen when the lord comes again and that the saints the righteous saints who've been resurrected are going to gather to meet him and welcome the lord back to the earth we know that again the enemies of god are going to be destroyed and we know that nobody knows when it's going to come i mean the lord hasn't revealed to anybody even the angels in heaven when his second coming will be so we kind of have to be yeah. ready today and it even says that i don't know all of that that's a doctrine and covenants 49 7 not even the angels know which is fascinating. That really means those who are actually mingling up there doing whatever work they do haven't even been, haven't even been given the plans, basically. Right. I mean, they're doing the work with us just knowing that we got to do as much as we can today because nobody knows the hour yeah. of the day. I've also thought it's fascinating if you find, I think, in uh, section 88, we talk all about how he'll descend upon the Mount of Olives and the Mount will, will divide, basically. It'll split. And how the Jews will recognize their Savior and weep because they persecuted him, which is also harsh in a way, but that's pretty, like, that's powerful stuff right there. I mean, can you, just visualizing that is just, it's just nuts. It's crazy. Yeah. And you, so, like you said, these things will happen. We will resurrect. 
And oftentimes we, I think when we talk about the plan of salvation, we talk about like, we will resurrect and then there will be judgment. And we kind of leave out the whole millennium part, I think, in these discussions, yeah, yeah, totally. generally speaking, uh, which is unfortunate because the millennium is actually a very fascinating bit of doctrine. I mean, it's going to be a thousand year period of peace. I believe it is, of course, during this period when uh, Satan will be caged, as we discuss, you know, there will it'll be just righteousness, prosperity, and Christ will reign personally upon the earth. Now, this is interesting to me because I think doctrinally we talk about the earth is sort of, I don't have the straight how it works out, but it's like the telestial kingdom in a way, the earth, right? Mm -hmm. But we know that Christ, when all is said and done, will not reign in the telestial kingdom. He will reign in the terrestrial kingdom in a sense. You know, isn't that where he's going to be, right? And, and the, yeah, because Heavenly Father is up in the celestial kingdom. But but the Lord will visit the he will, terrestrial he can, Yeah, kingdom. he can visit anything. But yeah. I think it's very interesting that during the millennium, he will reign personally here upon the earth. And of course, we yeah. know from uh, some other scriptures that there will be sort of a joint throne in Jerusalem and the new Jerusalem, which for reasons beyond our understanding will be in Missouri. Who knows why I've been there. I don't, I don't get it, but it's going to, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Jeff. But let's go through a couple of these things. If you're from Missouri, it's a great place. Specifically in section 101. uh, We can just go through some of these things that we'll see. Um, What's going to happen in the millennium, starting in verse 23, which says that everyone will be able to see the Savior, which is a wonderful promise. Just as we're all going to be resurrected, everyone will see the Savior. Doesn't mean we're going to necessarily dwell in his presence into the eternities, but we will see the Savior, which is cool. Really remarkable. We'll talk about, and again, just the the process uh, that begins at the Lord's coming where all the wicked are destroyed will we'll kind of wrap up during the millennium. I mean, if you're wicked, you're not going to make it very long. And in 25, the earth will become new. What do you take that to mean? Do you picture like a Noah's Ark kind of scenario, like a flood or? I don't know. The but graffiti gets cleaned up. I mean, I mean, definitely that's, you know, part of, uh, part of the eternal plan is that the Lord, you know, the earth becomes renewed and becomes the, uh, you know, the place that, that we dwell on forever. So 26 really brings me hope though, because people and animals will live in peace. We can finally cease fearing bears. <laughs> And 27 <laughs> will be granted what we righteously desire. Which is finally peace with bears. In my case. Um, but I love this, of course, Satan will be bound and will not have the power to tempt anyone. And that's something that as much as I try, I cannot visualize that in my head. A world where Satan cannot tempt man. And that's because we're in the middle of this world. Yeah. Where that's the entire point of it is the opposition that comes from Satan. It sounds pretty I mean, awesome. Even though, right? when you're in the temple, even when you're anywhere, you can st- I can still fully conceptualize temptation. And how it is. I, I can't fathom what that's going to be like when he's just, nope, sorry, buddy. Can't wait to find the out. power has been wrested from you. That's just <laughs> how it is. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and, and along with that, along with Satan being bound, there's no sorrow or death either. I mean, and, and death, cu- sorrow, sin, all gone. And coupled with that, it's, I believe people who haven't died yet, they will grow old, then just be changed from mortal to immortal life. Uh, the Lord will reveal many other wonderful things. Children will grow up without sin, of course, which begs all sorts of questions. I mean, they'll still get baptized, I assume, to follow the Savior. But will baptism actually be for the remission of sins during the millennium? Great question. Will the age of eight even matter then? Will there be accountability if there's no sin? Fascinating stuff here. It's really um, hard to get your head around. There's, but so. I, I mean, I guess I guess the, the take home, though, is it sounds, A, it sounds really pleasant. So we have something to look forward to after the difficulties that are going to be associated with the Lord's coming. Um, and also really pa- empowering to know that eventually righteousness will trump wickedness. I mean, eventually we are going to be in a righteous, happy state yes. of peace. Though it is funny that the lesson doesn't um, go on be, because after the millennium, what happens? Satan will be loosed for one last battle. I believe that is actually the battle of Armageddon. As we just some old Gog and Magog action is going to start going down. And only then will everything actually get sorted out. I think it's very interesting that we get to enjoy this period for a thousand years 
the Heavenly Father is going to let it all cut loose for like come one, to its conclusion one last go yeah it's yeah. Gonna, it's like the finale of lost it's gonna be great well that's yeah anyway <laughs> um but, but the main thing is what can we do of course to prepare for the second coming uh right. there are signs there are positive signs of course and there are negative signs and we talk about how we are in the last days we hear this quite a bit i, I honestly wonder of course in our days if we're going to witness this or not um uh, is it here in this list right here of the prophets who will be killed in jerusalem i don't see it here that's one of the ones that until two members of the 12 visit the Middle East and something bad happens. I guess I'm still delaying my <laughs> repentance until that moment. <laughs> and it's then, like, we don't know for sure, but once that happens, you know <laughs> you need to start taking this seriously. And I think and I think that's one of the cool points of this lesson. And I think that's why, I mean, obviously we can talk about some of the signs, but the real important take home is, you know, we don't know the day or the hour of the Lord's coming. Yeah. But we're intended, you know, the goal is that we become disciples today because nobody knows. And there's a cool quote in here from President Hinckley where he says that, I don't know when it's going to happen. Nobody knows when it's going to happen. Yeah. You need to be ready right now. And, and But the things to bear in mind is I think we can pretty safely say, especially in the negative signs, it will get worse before it finally gets better. I yeah. mean, which is frustrating because I think, you know, you and I, Dustin, I think we're both pretty altruistic guys. But at the end of the day, there might actually be something there where stuff is just going to get bad. Yeah. And we think it's bad right now, and it's just going to descend a little bit more. So even these wonderful things where we think we might have solved the human rights problems in some country or this or that, but you know, who knows what's going to happen in the long run. But there will be uh, also greater earthquakes, tempests, great waves of the sea, uh, tornadoes, and collapsed buildings in Philadelphia. That's what it's <laughs> And it, but it also says on the on the bright side, on the bright side, a lot of positive signs associated with the coming of the Lord too. The fullness of the gospel is being restored for sure. It's rolling out to the whole earth. New New Jerusalem will be built, and will probably dwell there. Um, you know, God's kingdom grows, priesthood keys, gospel preached. I mean, I mean, the work of God will continue to go forth and to grow, and all of us will be a part of that. But there's going to be a lot of rough things that accompany that. There will be, and but but so that's the, okay. That's it is okay. And lastly, of course, what we can do, we can watch for the signs. And in the meantime, our job is to stand in holy places. Uh, we can't just bite our time like anybody else and try it. I was joking before. You know, we can't try to repent at the last minute if we know something's going down. We can't. We need to stand in holy places and do our best right now. And like it says in all these scriptures, be steadfast in righteousness, cry repentance and be repentant, which is an incredible thing. We could have a whole lesson on repentance and what a wonderful blessing it truly is. It's not designed to scourge us or anything like that. It's it's truly a wonderful thing. And and you know the and the last thing I would want to say is the, I think the biggest thing is that we're not like sitting and and just waiting for the Lord to come, right? I mean, we're not just like like hanging out. It's not like hang out and try and be good until he comes. I mean, we're active participants in preparing the the world for the second coming of Jesus Christ. I mean, we, as members of his true church, are getting things ready, are declaring the gospel, yeah. are preparing for this final powerful moment when the Lord comes again and ushers in the millennium and begins the end of time. And so I think, I think uh, you know, we think about it that way and we realize that we have a great deal of work to do and a lot that's expected of us and we kind of can get excited because we've been given a special privilege to get the world ready for the Lord to come again. Yeah, and I think you were alluding to this quote from President Hinckley in some of the stuff you said before. I love the way it starts off when he says, how do you prepare for the second coming? He says, you don't worry about it. You just live the kind of life that if the second coming were going to be tomorrow, you'd be ready. Exactly. And that's a great way to self-evaluate. Like of all the things, just simply look at your conscience and your actions, your works, your faith, and ask yourself if you'd be ready tomorrow if everything that we've talked about were about to go down. And that's when it gets, it could be scary in a way, but I think uh, 
if you know you can stand before the Lord without blemish, which should be our goal, then you should be at peace and not worry about it and look forward to it. I think otherwise you look at upon the second coming with terror, perhaps. Yeah. You know, so. I hope it's not tomorrow. And admittedly, I agree with you. <laughs> like I've got so much more i got to figure out. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> got to live the best life we can. So I think it's really cool. Um, it's very easy to think like, what's the point of this? This seems so far off, but we don't know when it's going to be. And it, it is a a trial of our faith to live in a way that we are ready for these things to happen at a moment's notice. And well said. Well, thank you very much. But it's, you know, <laughs> it goes down to everything we do and it's even just serving in the kingdom on a daily basis. Even take the second coming out of the equation. We need to live in a way that we're ready to serve others in the gospel, whether it's through with the priesthood or whatever else, be ready. And I think that's very analogous to the second coming. I agree. Well, thank you. Amen. All right. Well, folks, uh, what I want you to do is I want you to go, on Facebook.com slash This Week in Mormons and like us. And then I want you to go on Twitter slash The Real Twim, and I want you to follow us. And then what you do is you subscribe at iTunes or Stitcher Radio, any of those things to Sunday School Bonanza and or This Week in Mormons, our regular podcast. And, of course, send us an email, contact at thisweekinmormons.com, and let us know how we're doing. And, Dustin, what's that website of ours? TWIM.com. Wrong. Thisweekinmormons.com. <laughs> No. <laughs> Good job, buddy. <laughs> but I uh, hope, folks, we hope you'll do that. We like to hear from you. It's, uh, it's definitely f- uplifting when we hear from you about how you feel about this show and anything else we do. But, uh, Dustin, I forgive you. It's okay. Thanks for I'm being so here. I'm so sorry. Though. Wonderful to be here. You Thanks. are a repentant soul. It's wonderful. Uh, folks, this has been Lesson 21. Looking forth for the great day of the Lord to come. Repent now. Live in a good life. Get ready and you won't burn. This is Sunday School Bonanza brought to you by This Week in Mormons. Have a great week. Bye, everyone.